Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, everybody. This is Katie's Crib. And here we are for part two of our breastfeeding episode. In part one, we got the download from two awesome women about their breastfeeding journeys, Kristen Bell and Jamie Greenberg. If you haven't listened to it yet, please make sure you do. Here we have lactation consultant Linda Hanna. She's going to break everything down for us. Linda is the founder and owner of My Nursing Coach. And you guys, she was so, 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 so helpful to me when I started my breastfeeding journey. Um, You guys, I've never been more excited in my life. This is the amazing Linda Hanna. Thank you. Of my nursing coach. And just to give you guys a visual, Linda Hanna shows up at people's houses in a van that says my nursing coach along the side. She has an amazing t-shirt on right now that says my nursing coach on it. That has Branded very well. (laughs) You are branded very well. And you really came to visit me for the first time when I was um, a shell of a human. I just Mm -hmm. had a baby. I desperately wanted to breastfeed. It was the only... Like, I was so scared of labor, but what I knew... More than anything, I just really wanted to breastfeed. I really wanted to. And I didn't know how hard it was going to be for me. And it was awful. <laughs> like, oh, it was, I called in Linda. I had an amazing night nurse at the beginning. And my nipple got what I came to learn through you was a fissure on the right side where I've had inverted nipples my whole life, which means, guys, when you, like, wear a T-shirt and it gets cold and you, like, can see your hot, sexy nipples, that never happened to me growing up. Like It's amazing. And, <laughs> and, you, and you still, I breastfeed still with inverted nipples. Yeah, so he had to pull them out, I guess? Is that what happens? Yeah, you actually evert from the pressure from the baby's strong jaw. So my nipples everted. And some women can have one inverted nipple and one nipple that's not inverted. That's right. I had both inverted, and he pulled one out and a... A, a wrinkle that was on the nipple actually ended up completely splitting in half right. and opening up, causing a fissure like the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and like a gaping, when, a gaping wound, actually. A gaping. That normally, we would have asked you to stitch up. Normally, it would be stitched up. Linda showed up at my house, and I have this visual that I'll never forget. You came in, and I was so scared, and there's nothing more vulnerable than breastfeeding because... People are looking very up close and personal at your boobs and you are a new time mom and you're super emotional and hormonal and you just want to give food to your kid and I felt like a failure. And you came right at me with your little adorable hands and pulled open that cut and I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? But you are someone who's so like, 
you cut to the chase, you get in, and you just start like becoming the Olivia Pope mix fix it of boobs. <laughs> that's okay. the, that's the character <laughs> on my show who's like she fixes scandals, and I feel like you fix women who are really in need, um, and you definitely fixed me. Um, can you explain um, how you got into what you do? Absolutely, and people ask that a lot. Um, I, what I do is I help mothers, and I've been doing this for many, many years, even before I even was my own mother myself. Uh, I am a nurse. Mm-hmm. I worked in obstetrics and labor and delivery first, and then mother baby became a lactation consultant on the way, and just helped women in the hospital. After they had their babies, I felt like, well, you want to breastfeed, right? So we better help you. And that's kind of how it it took off on its own. Uh, People started saying to me, I guess you can probably develop a program around this. And I did. And I started developing lactation programs in hospitals around the city and then spreading out further and further uh, so that other women could get help, not just the patients that I got to see, but all of the people got help. And it just sort of grew and grew. Lactation consultants have been around for about 35 years now um, as an actual field. Right. Uh, Women helping women has been around forever. Uh, And um, it just became something that was very near and dear to me. And I didn't have any breastfeeding issues of my very own, but so many women did. I thought, well, I should really help as many women and teach other women like myself to do what I do. And that's one of the things I love to do is is nurture and take along other women who want to do this field and bring them along with me. I like and want to do this field. A lot of women do. Should I Believe like it or not, not like should after scandal ends like I might <laughs> can I train under you to be a lactation well, consultant? Interesting that you said that because the field itself now has become extremely, extremely exclusive. I mean, there are very special rules for people who want to do lactation consulting, and it's good because it's become a little bit more monitored. However, that being said. There should always be a woman who knows more than someone else that can help her. And I think if you can have another mother say to another mother, listen, I know that. I do that. I've been there. That's the best help. Then people like myself can step out and let women to women help each other. Yes. For example, and I'll share that with you with the breast milk story. But then people like me get to step in when there's a problem. Like in your case, another mother might not have been able to say. (laughs) No one knew what the hell was wrong with my nipple. I was texting photos of my nipple all all over Los Angeles. And everyone was like, hold up. This looks really insane. You have to call. There's only one person in this town. And that's Linda Hanna. You better get her there. And I was like, holy (laughs) crap. I I know there are other people. But you came so highly recommended for so many groups of friends. Thank you. And you are right. I think what we have found a lot um, is that in this in this podcast we have found that there was a time when women lived in villages and there were lots of mommies around helping them, guiding them, and now we live in a time where your aunts and mothers and cousins aren't uh, living with you or next door. And so um, it's just we really need a community and we really need specialists like you when, when we need it. Um, and I was texting all my girlfriends at the time, like I had said, and it got to a place where it was so bad that I needed an expert. We spend a lot of time and attention as a nurse myself, labor and delivery. I taught Lamaze classes for 20 years, childbirth education. We talk a lot about what to expect in the actual labor. And then it's like, good luck. Bye. (laughs) And then we actually send people home from the hospital not knowing what they're doing. So we're working very hard to improve the postpartum aspect of care long term so that women get attention after they leave the hospital every day, a contact person, someone they can connect with, talk to, even another mother. Many many of my patients say, can you just tell me about another mother that I could call? I'm like, sure I can. Actually, your neighbor just had a baby or somebody down the street from you or the girl in your mommy group that went through what you went through. That's a secret because you do not reveal your deepest pain to somebody else that they might think you weren't strong enough to deal with that. Right. That's just nipple pain. My God. Right. So nipple pain Oh, on we have scale. something, we have a hashtag on my mommy group called hashtag nipple journey, which every single mom, and I have a wonderful mommy group, thank God. I think it's so much about community, as I was saying, but everyone has gone through their own nipple journey of this. Some nipple journeys came to an end. Some nipple journeys were cracked and bleeding. Some right. nipple journeys were leaking and overproducing and filled with mastitis. You know what I mean? It's like Absolutely. everyone has had their nipple story and I didn't know about any of this. Which is what most women feel. I should have trained. They feel I lost. trained for my labor. Right. I did not train for breastfeeding. I was like, oh, it's going to happen instinctually. Like, this is going to be easy. And it is for some women, and God bless them, yay. Right. Right. But there are also some women where that is not the case. And they have no one to talk to. Oh, and they have no one to talk to. So, um, when, so would you say that you typically get called in when there's an issue? 
or do women book you in advance and like <laughs> that's I do actually do get calls like that too we all do but what I'd like to tell you a little bit about the role of the lactation mm-hmm. and how important mm-hmm. it is so mm-hmm. What we've tried to do because of what we just discussed about lack of attention and support on this issue is bring the immediate attention right after the baby's born, train the labor and delivery nurses so that this is very natural for them to know how a baby begins the latching process from the vaginal delivery or a cesarean. So training the staff was is critical, critical in a hospital setting, in a birth center, in a birth center or birth setting, in a midwife's office to have um, a collaboration of people and not necessarily all lactation consultants, because you don't always need to have the board-certified lactation consultant early on. As you said, many women, the baby's born, the baby creeps up on the tummy, boop, latches right on, piece of cake, no problem. Right. Maybe problems present in a week or two weeks or That's three weeks. That's what happened to me. He latched on easy. Easy, but it's the next step. So then having attention to a mother in the early days is something that a hospital has a responsibility to now provide as part of their support care. So many of the hospitals you're finding in this community and around this country, uh, provide lactation support, not always lactation consultants, but educators and uh, hands-on people who That's know. That's great, because that used to not important. exist. It didn't exist for a long time. We've wow. had now a lot of lactation support and it's getting stronger and stronger as people are becoming um, more keyed into this and understanding you just can't send a mother home expecting her to feed her baby when she doesn't even know all about feeding. Right. Oh, my so God. So that's number one. <gasps> and then people like me step in in a variety of settings. So a lactation consultant could be called prenatally. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm going to be having a baby in two months. I want to be prepared. And an important visit could be talking about what to expect after the birth, what type of birth you have, how is the baby doing? There's a baby in this story. They have their own, they haven't come to class either. Right. They have their own set of issues that they have to deal with. Like that was really tough on me. Right. My head hurts. I got vacuumed out. Right. I, I came out the way I wasn't expecting. Babies right. go through a lot too. We have to respect the baby and their ability to certainly to nurse early or to be delayed. Some babies won't nurse for six hours, sometimes 10 hours. Sometimes they come out and they need a little help. Are they going to a neonatal intensive care unit where they're getting specialized attention and not on the breast? How does that hurt or help delaying breastfeeding for the mother? So there are many, many keys. Think of it like an octopus Mm -hmm. with a lot of tentacles and the different parts all have to be addressed at different times. For example, in the NICU baby, the neonatal intensive care baby who had to go to the nursery, there were no exceptions. The mother should be instructed to start pumping early. A mother whose baby's given to her right after delivery and latches right on, a different story, 24 hours later has now been admitted to the NICU for a different problem. She needs a different set of rules and different orders to place on that mother. So expectations have to be set so that everybody knows going into the story, you are not going to all fall in the same category. And this baby, unlike your other baby or the next baby coming, will have a very, very different story. So we want mothers to and fathers, parents and, and wives to be prepared for expect the unexpected and then be ready and armed so that you know how to pump. Information, man. Why it's you need knowledge. to pump. Why? Yes. We don't know any of this stuff. It's crazy to And me. about the baby. The baby is a participant in the story who may or may not be 100% on its game. Babies are often born with a slight challenge called a a frenulum, whether anterior, mid-posterior, or posterior frenulum, there's a little tongue tie mm-hmm. that often can prevent the baby from doing the perfect latch right away. Right. They can all be helped. These babies can get the support and help and even not necessarily an intervention, but training to learn how to latch properly. So if you don't know that could be a potential something for a baby, a parent would be very concerned, what's wrong with my baby? Mm-hmm. My breastfeeding is not working. It's not it's hurting, the baby's not latching properly. So we'd like parents to have knowledge and information. We also want women to know about milk supply. It is not a guarantee that because you had a birth, you are going to produce enough milk for your baby or your twins, or maybe multiple triplets. Oh my God, could you imagine? And no. if you have a baby and you don't make enough milk, what are your options? There are many, many options. So we want women and their partners to be prepared for every aspect of the and breastfeeding. And really happens. Women can have babies and just no milk comes in ever, like genetically. Or, or maybe they've had like breast augmentations or maybe they, is there breast something Breast surgery that, is less likely to be a problem uh, in breast milk production. Uh, There's still anatomy left in there. Right, right. When the surgeon does their job, whatever they're doing, uh, whether they're doing a lift or a... Um, augmentation or a reduction in some cases, they're not taking out all of the mammary tissue. There's still milk producing cells there, but they may have been compromised or maybe they've been enhanced in some cases. There are times when there is a physical anatomical 
disruption in the breast anatomy that happened very, very early in that young woman's life that might change her ability to a full milk supply may not be possible, hypoplastic breast anatomy or tissue that hasn't fully developed. Or women who have gone through a traumatic injury, an injury of the chest, a burn. I had a client once that had gotten in a uh, burn accident when she was very young and her anatomy was destroyed and you don't get to make up new breast tissue. So there are women who do have milk supply issues. As a rule, we don't go to the automatic, you're going to have a problem because you had breast surgery. A surgery does not necessarily preclude you from being a good producer of breast milk. Some women have amazing breast anatomy, but their hormonal shifts are off. And so they're not producing a tremendous volume. Yeah. I had a really good friend who has pretty, some very hard autoimmune stuff like lupus and she has a lot of stuff. And so she made milk, but very, it was such an effort and such a struggle for her to make enough, you That's know, right. and she, tr- she did, you know, six weeks or something. And then she was like, I'm, it, is, it was just depressing her how little she was making. And so right. she started to introduce formula and that was a choice for her, but it was an autoimmune thing. I That's think. right. And on the same token, there were women who are taking medications for other medical conditions that can't breastfeed sure. or are told not to breastfeed. This may not be safe for you to be off of a medication that you really need, even though yes, your baby should have breast milk, maybe a week or two of nursing before we put you back on your medication. There are so many possibilities that women could face. We don't want everybody to feel like if you didn't get a chance to breastfeed, although I know how important and special and wonderful it is, that, that you're a failure because you didn't provide breast milk for your own baby. Sure. Women are, are very kind. Some women share their breast milk or offer their breast milk to a milk bank mm-hmm. um, or a donor center where milk can be made available for another baby. Mm-hmm. So we want women to know you go into the story planning to latch your baby, planning to nurse, and then we'll deal with whatever issues that present, whether it's too much milk, hardly ever really anything to be too upset about, but it can be a problem or not enough milk, mm-hmm. or just enough to get by, but not extra. There's mm-hmm. no storage in this house. Right. Versus we have a freezer full, right. an endowed woman, who's happy to share her milk or donate her milk. So we run into generally the typical problems for mothers that call a lactation consultant to come out and see them, or the people we see in a pediatrician's office are difficult latch, mm-hmm. a painful latch. A difficult latch meaning I can't get coordinated to do it by myself, I need help to learn, or my baby doesn't seem to know what to do, uh-huh. or the baby can't do it. Uh-huh. Sometimes they're compromised because they're jaundice, and or their bilirubin levels are high, or they've had, like I said, a difficult birth, and they're not able to do the mechanics of nursing, and the baby needs a little training. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the mother's milk supply, which is a big issue. We get called a lot for, I don't have enough milk, my baby's hungry, or I need to supplement, and things like that, and help the mother increase her milk production. Many calls, however, are about, I'm a working parent and I need to go back to work. Can you help me navigate a journey with breastfeeding in it, pumping in it, or possibly supplementation in it, which is not a curse word. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. The fact that we can feed a baby something other than their own mother's milk or and, donor and they, milk. And they can survive is like a mirror. Yeah, and you like can, great. And you can continue for a very long time that way. Whereas it might've been, I'm done because I don't have enough breast milk I'm going to have to switch. Nobody has to switch completely. We can take you a long way with some nursing once or twice a day or three times a day or some pumping and some supplementation if needed. Mm -hmm. So lactation consultants are called in for a variety of things. We're even called in to help mothers stop breastfeeding. Sometimes mothers are at the point in their story where, you know what, I've got to make a transition. I've had many, many women call me saying, I'm pregnant with my new baby and my physician asked me to stop nursing for my health and the new baby's health. That's a big issue for a lot of women. Mm, You'd be surprised how many people actually find out they're 20 weeks pregnant and they're nursing a 17-month-old, didn't know they were pregnant. Gosh, um, what? And loved every second of that second baby. There's so many stories out there. Um, So just knowing that there's someone you can call, someone you can talk to, who then, if needed, can connect you. The lactation consultant is a a conduit to um, a massage therapist. Some women have damage their neck and shoulders from leaning into their baby when they could have been more comfortable just not knowing how to position. A massage therapist, chiropractor, a um, ENT doctor, for example, or a dentist who does phrenectomies or phrenotomies as they're If there's a bad tongue tie. When there's a tongue tie or a lip tie in some cases, they may want to clip that. Um, We'll connect people to a cranial sacral therapist if that's the case, Mm -hmm. sometimes to a therapist. Some women need a little help. Some 
dads need a little help. Sometimes second now, mommies need a little the help. partners in this. Yes, there are people in the story besides the baby. There's a sibling in the story. Right. Maybe there are two. I've been in homes where there were five other siblings, and everybody wants the mommy time or the daddy time or, you know, grandma time. And the people in the story are are busy with a newborn. So there are a lot of pieces why a lactation consultant can be a vehicle and a conduit to other support people and in finding the right nanny, helping find the right place Gosh, to put your I mean, baby. But I, you're never leaving my house is well, what you're doing because you are all these things and I need you. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with dust-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. So how are some ways that partners can really help a breastfeeding mom? It's very important to have everybody around in the beginning with the pregnancy to talk about what their roles are going to be and who's going to be helping and doing what so that we don't overtax anybody with getting up in the middle of the night when they're a working parent in the family or um, expecting people to do everything around the house instead of just pick up a few things around the house that the mother may have done before or the other mother may have done before or the dad may have done before. Um, especially in the case of a single mom. If there's a mom having a baby by herself, we need to make sure she's got people around her who are going to help her and support her, uh, whether it's bringing in a two-day-a-week person to help straighten sure. up the house. Sure. So setting up people's expectations is very important. Making sure everybody understands their role and how important their role is, and then trying not to step on each other's toes. I think one of the big things is when a, when a woman is running a home, for example, um, and there are partnerships in the home, 
letting go of the things that you, they normally would do to take care of the baby can be very hard. Right. And when someone else steps in and says, well, I'll put the dishes away for you, uh, but I like them put away a certain way. Sometimes you have to be willing to let go. Yes. A very famous story is the daddy's uh, piece for a second here. Uh, mother may have asked their their her husband or friend or somebody to change the baby's diaper only to have the baby come back and be ridiculed about the diaper wasn't done correctly. Right. You got to learn to turn to your, let little, it go. Yeah, your little tuner if down. If you want help, it's just there are some battles it. that are just really not worth fighting and let it go and you'll That's be... That's huge. Yeah, I know. I Because yeah. I'm very type A and like very... had to just let go. And, and honestly... I didn't really, the first two weeks of his life, I really, I was able to let go because I, I really was just so lost. Like I was so lost and so emotional and just really didn't even know who I was. And breastfeeding was, it was really, I remember getting off the phone with you at one point and I, I literally sobbed. Like I've never, hello, something just fell. That was probably something in the baby's room, but I sobbed, um, I just, breastfeeding to me was su- such an emotional, it is. I really, like, I, I've never felt like more that I wasn't going to be able to do it and that I was injured. I just, and it was so painful. I'd never felt like such a failure in my entire life. It's emotional like, too because of the hormones that are raging. Oh my and they're making you out of control. It's so triggering. It's really such a triggering thing. And for um, women who choose not to breastfeed or something have you have you taken moms through that and what do you say to them I know we've talked about how formula is like it's not a bad supplementing is not a bad word you say these wonderful things that I that I remember and make me feel better because I'm sure there might get to a place where I might need that I don't know when but I have to train my mind to say that's not a bad thing it's okay it's a wonderful thing that you have something else to feed your baby in that case (laughs) Um, and we get concerned when mothers are afraid to use a supplementation of either another mother's pumped milk donor milk or formula because their baby's need to be fed. There are certain criteria that have to be met, growing, gaining, and thriving in a baby, and all of the developmental milestones. And if the mother is not able to produce enough, chooses not to breastfeed, or chooses to breastfeed part-time, that's okay, so long as the other criteria, which you and I've talked about a lot, is the baby wedding and pooping appropriately? Is the baby acting appropriate at wake times, alert and happy and content, playful and engaging, sleeping well, not um, having meltdowns, fussing, freaking yes. out, screaming, crying that something's wrong. Something's exactly. wrong and it could be that. Yeah. The most important thing is you have to feed your baby. Yes. That is. The, and the baby that's fed well mm-hmm. is a baby who will feed very well. The better we feed them, the better they want to be fed and the more they cooperate. So we have to take a big, you know, open lens of what's really going on. Mm. Going back to the story about helpers, we never want to overtax the helper either. So when a mother is feeling so vulnerable and so um, lost and and sad or depressed, of course, we always worry about mothers falling into a postpartum more than baby blues, but a depression of some sort. Mm. A physician needs to be stepping in, a psychologist and a well-trained professional counselor to help women. We want to make sure that the other people are also not getting lost. We don't want to lose the mother or the father, the other mother, if there's yeah. a, um, a lesbian couple yeah. or the dad or her, her people, yeah. that they are so overtaxed by a mother in trouble that they are not able to perform their jobs either. So everybody has to stay healthy. Right, what, it's so true. I remember the first time you ever came, I was like, I'm having a lactation specialist come in. I, something's really wrong. Um, and my husband was like, well, can I be there for that? And I was like, yes, please. Like, please be here because you're going to hear things that I might miss that are helpful. Um, I do think the most important thing with lactation and actually post baby, just get help early. Yes. That is the most important thing with lactation. If you're feeling blues, depression, something like that, it's like, don't sit in that for too long. Like, I'm just so relieved that at two weeks, you know, three weeks, I saw something was wrong and I didn't just try to figure it out on my own going down Google spirals for like weeks because I wouldn't have made, I wouldn't, I would have quit. I would have quit breastfeeding. I would have I think I would have felt even worse than I did, but I, it really, I remember taking one baby class where someone was like, you just ask for help as soon as you think that something is wrong. And I'm meaning, and for lactation, especially if you feel like you're not doing a great hold and your back is really hurting you or the latch is really not going perfectly, or for some reason it's super painful for the entire length of the feed. These are all 
major flags and that you should make a phone call or you should call your hospital or your OB or someone that can just ask for help for someone who might know more than you to lead you down another path of someone who can help you. That is like... I think that's very critical to say, and I, I will speak on behalf of the physicians and the midwives, they are very sad when they find two, three, four, five weeks later, my patient didn't call me. They are a part of the story that is so vital without them. I mean, I certainly could not do my work. I take orders from physicians and midwives. Uh, Pediatricians as well get very, very discouraged and sad with their client uh, relationship when the mother or the father have not called to say the baby's been up every night or I don't understand why the baby's acting like this. And they go everywhere else but to the perfect person. The relationship you'll have the longest of any physician relationship is your pediatrician. Right. 18 years, years with the same person. I know. They know you well. They know you inside out. Right. And, um, and they know your family. And if there are other siblings that come along and there are other parents that are coming to the appointments or grandma steps in. Yeah. Or I've actually been in the pediatrician's office where the nanny comes with the children. Yeah. The parents are working. These, these relationships, these bonds are huge. And people who are having a baby or who have had a baby or expectant need to know that that person, midwife, doula, doctor, pediatrician, lactation consultant, therapist, will come together, united. We are a force, a strong force yes. together. We don't work well fragmented. This is what keeps happening. It's and a village, and yes. we still need it. It just looks differently than it did hundreds of years ago. People didn't know that they could get help or didn't know where to go to get help. Or they're embarrassed or they're ashamed. Or, or don't think they or, need help. Or, you know, I think women are so, it's about being strong and doing it on your own or you know, I, I, it's my own problem. I'll fix it. And I think such a huge learning curve that I've been on in motherhood is it's like, ask for help and ask for a help the minute you think you need it. You know what I mean? It's because very good advice. pick up the damn phone, and write an email, is, exactly. ask your partner, Hey, I, this has not been going great for me. I'm not enjoying it. I, I really need to talk to someone about it. So is there one right way to breastfeed? How does a mom find out what's right for her? There are, so there's no right way. There's only the way that works for that mother and baby. Mm-hmm. And for any number of various reasons, there could be a special way. For example, if a baby is diagnosed with a hip dysplasia, uh-huh. they may be wearing a special harness right. that the orthopedic surgeons or doctors put the baby in yeah. for six to eight weeks or longer. Those babies have to be placed in a particular type of position that <laughs> a mother with a normal, healthy newborn would never know or never do. Sure. So they deserve special attention. There are babies who are in helmets because they have a flat head. And uh, half my mommy and me class play geocephaly. Right yes, yeah. that's right. And it's a big thing because if we've put all the babies on their back to sleep to prevent sudden infant death and created a whole other set of issues, uh, all which are resolvable. But the babies are in a helmet. They're special and mm. they need to be held in a special way. Sure. The normal nursing positions are variable. You can nurse football. Sitting, hold, well, some people cradle. do. That's right. The cradle, <laughs> sitting up laying back on your side. You guys, in Linda Hannah chair. came over and laid me down and put the baby on my boob in like a laying down position. I almost you could cry. cried of happiness. <laughs> I was like, excuse me, what? Like there are multiple positions. Like I didn't know in the no military. Position. I had no idea. And the other thing that was so helpful that you taught me, which was so great was you got me out of nursing jail is what you called it, which was every day when it would be time to nurse, I would count down the minutes that I was getting close to the window where I knew he was going to be hungry and I was dreading it because I knew it was going to be painful and I was going to curse at him and it was going to be toe curling and not in a good way and I was going to hate it and I was going to report to my nursing chair in his dark room where I wouldn't speak to anyone and maybe I would put on an episode of some TV show I was binge watching and it would be horrible. And you said you got to get a nursing jail. You got to put him on that boob, standing up, laying down, sitting here, sitting there, out at a restaurant, wear a cover, don't wear a cover, whatever the heck. But you got to make, if you're going to do this, it has to be part of your life. And I can remember the first time I nursed in public in my house, Tony Goldwyn of Scandal came over to visit my son and meet Albie for the first time. I thought he was going to stay for an hour. He stayed for three. We had a lot to chat about. He's the best. It was time to nurse the baby. And I can hear Linda Hanna in my head. You don't have to report to nursing prison. You can sit on your couch. You can, and I literally, for the first time ever, learned how to like nurse him in front of a stranger, not a stranger, a family, a scandal family. But I, I nursed him in front of someone 
And I was like, I got to get confident and I'm just going to do it. And it's going to like all motherhood I've had to learn by doing. Mm. And I remember the first time I ever nursed in public at a restaurant. I can remember the first time I ever nursed while walking around my house and holding him simultaneously. Like there's just like, okay, like we got to move on. Life has got to go. And if I want breastfeeding to be a part of my life, he's got to come along with me. And I hear when you always say like, well, your boobs come with you so you can feed them. They go wherever you go. (laughs) They always work. And now I've learned it like, oh, this is awesome. It's going to be horrible when he starts eating food and I have to like pack stuff. This is going to be a nightmare. That's why a lot of women breastfeed for such a long time. This is easy. Like I take him on the plane. I whip out a boob. It's not a big deal. I take him to a restaurant. I don't have to like make plans. I don't have to pack stuff. It's been very, you know, it will be a whole other exciting new chain of things when I introduce food to him. I have to tell you this story really quick. The first time I ever breastfed Albie at work, it was the first day I'd ever taken him to work. He was seven weeks old and I have an episode where I had to learn a dance routine, dancing with an actor, Joe Morton, who plays Papa Pope. And Debbie Allen came in to choreograph the dance scene. First day at work, the baby needs to eat. I said, well, Debbie Allen and Joe Morton either have to wait, which I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not making Debbie Allen and Joe Morton wait. They are like legends, no way. Do they care if I breastfeed while we rehearse the dance? His first day at work. So proud of you. He's I have photos of it, you guys. We can post it on the site maybe, but I have photos of him under, like I'm nursing him, <laughs> dancing with Joe Morton and Debbie Allen's teaching me the de- the dance moves while Britney Spears hit me baby one more time is playing. Oh and that's God. how, and I was like, oh yeah, I can do this anywhere, anytime. Amazing. I'm multitasking to the end degree because I'm a mom. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
So what are some new things moms should consider when making the decision whether or not to breastfeed? That's a good question. Um, Well, my first advice would be to tell everybody who's pregnant to really consider what their long-term goals are going to be. If they're planning on being a home mom versus a working mother, thinking about does breastfeeding fit in my story? Uh, Does breastfeeding and bottle feeding fit in my story? Do I want my baby to have my breast milk? So there are, there are really two schools. The one school is I want my baby to get my breast milk. I don't necessarily need my baby to nurse on me for whatever reason, but I want the baby getting breast milk. That's one option. There are other women who say, I don't really care how much breast milk the baby gets. I just like the feeling of nursing. So our moms who have a lower supply can still put the baby on the breast. Because they like the connection and the time with the baby, but it might not be where the baby is getting their caloric intake. Exactly. They may have to be supplemented Mm -hmm. um, or bottle fed some way or some other supplement. We do have lots of other variables for supplementing at the breast. And then there were women who just really don't, I don't want to breastfeed. I don't want to make milk. Uh, it's not in my my story, or I've done it before and I'm not going to try it again. They had bad experiences. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Then we start out right away with that plan. Don't talk to this mother about nursing. Don't obligate this woman to feel she has to do something. Let's go in very kindly and say, we're going to make this as comfortable a process. It may be a little uncomfortable. We'll make it as comfortable a process as possible. You'll move through this over the next few days and weeks. We'll be in touch. We'll keep you know, reminding you what steps you need to take to make the milk supply diminish, go, mm-hmm. go away, and then you're off on your own journey. If there's a mom who wants to do combination, make combination something very manageable and reasonable. And if it's, I only want to breastfeed and I don't want to use bottles at all, make sure we're really clear about if you plan to leave your baby, let me make sure I make this very clear. There are women who will not leave their baby with anyone for a year or two. I'm with the baby, the baby's with me. As you said, my breasts go wherever I go, they always work, I'm doing great. They exclusively breastfeed for as long as they can. There's no discussion of bottle feeding in their story at all. Sometimes I call those my Topanga Canyon mommies. <laughs> you guys, so you don't know, Topanga Canyon's real hippieville. That's right. They're and very natural and or, yes. yes, organic, and it's wonderful. They do not want a bottle. They do not want a There's bottle. There's no bottle in there, near their right. baby, and that's okay. Then we have other women who say, "I'm going to kind of do a little bit of everything, but it's going to be my breast milk." Okay, we're going to make sure that that mother is on a very, very good pumping plan really early so that she's producing as much milk as possible in the first 40 to 60 days Mm -hmm. so that the breastfeeding story continues on for a year or two or more because the more we help them in the early days and weeks, which is why you don't want to delay talking to a lactation consultant, the more, like you're a good example. Mm-hmm. I only have two ounces. Wow, I have four now. Oh my Isn't God, that crazy? Guys, I have not, seven. Once I got through the nipple fissure land in my hashtag nipple journey, then my panic attack anxiety started to rear its ugly head again when I thought I wasn't making enough. Um, I have a lot of friends who are milkmaids and they would Insta story their freezers filled with frozen milk. Right. Cut to my depression again because I did not have a freezer filled with milk. I was feeding enough for my kid. I knew he wasn't hungry. He wasn't fussy. He was happy when he was awake. He was alert when he was awake. He was sleeping well. So I knew that I was providing him with enough milk. I also went so far as to call Linda Hanna again, and you would weigh him before I would nurse him on one side, then weigh him after, and you would see, tell me, because I'm really OCD and crazy, you would say, look, he's had two and a half ounces on this side. Let's put him on the other breast. He would drink. We would measure. He was eating. He was getting enough. I knew he was. But I was so upset that I was not this, like, milkmaid I dreamed of being. (laughs) And then... I kept saying to my pediatrician, I'm just so scared I'm going to have to start supplementing and why is that a dirty word? And she said, some mommies just grow with the baby. That's right. He doesn't need six ounces right now. He has a tiny belly. He only needs two and a half ounces, three ounces if you're feeding him every three hours. Um, and my milk supply now, I grow, I grew with him. Now I that's make right. seven, eight ounces. If I've gone, you know, through the night, I make 10 ounces, but that's, now he's Crazy. taking a five ounce bottle. Crazy. And he's He's 16 weeks old. So I've grown exactly with what his belly needs. And when I'm at work and I'm shooting scandal, I pump when he's eating at home a bottle. And I've managed to save up enough and I'm still going. And I've never been more proud of something that has been so hard for me. It's truly amazing that 
people would think that I'm, I'm, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm done. I, it's never going to get better. And then magically it gets better because oh. it does get, the baby helps you. Well, the baby it's has a, helped. He's gotten better at it. That's right. And I've gotten better at it. And I've, thank God, learned to just like chill out a let little it bit go. Right. and just, Hey, like we've got this, you're going to let me know if something's not working and I'm going to go with you through this. You know what I mean? Like that's I right. just, you have, there is this motherly instinct of knowing your baby and knowing He's okay. He like there's this crazy thing about breastfeeding that when you give a bottle and you know you've had he's had five ounces and whatever and you're good. There's something about breastfeeding where you really gotta rely on, oh he's done, he's full, he's pulled off, he's good. Let's put him on the other side. Oh, we tried it, he's not interested. He'll tell me if he's full. That's He'll right. tell me. The but baby like, has ugh. the magic. People don't you've believe that. You've had to really learn to read his cues, which mm-hmm. has been Something for me, I just, it has been hard to just like really relax and know that he's going to communicate with me, not through words, because he can't speak yet. Right, right. Um, the other thing is we have to remind the mothers to make sure they're taking care of themselves. It's it's vital for the mother to be eating well and to be getting proper nutrition and nourishment. We talked about this a lot. And Very important. And it's a lot. And, it, and you have to take yourself and your ego out of the equation, especially for someone who's on camera. You know, that like, oh, I'm not just jumping into diet land because that's not what's best for my baby and for breastfeeding right now. Right. He, I have to have carbohydrates. I might not cardio for some women makes their milk supply go down, um, which is definitely my excuse of why I'm still not doing cardio <laughs> because I hate it um, and why I have my oatmeal in the morning and all of my nuts and my oat stout beer on weekends that's because... Right how delicious that I get to have that right now because it's good for my milk supply. It's probably the only time in your life where we'll say you eat everything you love. I love it. Eat everything in moderation. You'll be fine. Yeah, it's great. Can you, um, is it normal to feel pain and discomfort while breastfeeding? What is the normal threshold for that? Everybody has a different pain tolerance, right? So some women would be a two on the pain scale and others are a nine. I think we have to use that scale very carefully to make sure we're treating appropriately. If somebody says they're a two, then that's okay. But if they say they're a seven, eight, or a nine, we need to address that issue with either changing positions or evaluating the nipple or uh, evaluating the baby. So the lactation consultant has a responsibility to look at all the key pieces in the story. But it shouldn't be painful. Breastfeeding is not without sensations. That's very different. Not without a double negative. That means that you're not going to feel nothing, but you don't have to use the word painful as a descriptor. This is a I feel a tugging and a pulling, for example, or maybe this is not the most comfortable. But again, nipples are meant to be used for loving and romanticizing and and they're a sensory organ. So they're going to be much more sensitive and they do a lot of nerve endings. So they're much more sensitive, but they can also get very badly damaged with inappropriate latch. As you said, that is just the one time I was like, my nipples are black and blue after I got through the fissure. And, but it didn't really hurt. And you were like, oh yeah, that's just wear and tear. And I was like, oh my gosh, sometimes, this is insane some, for me. Yes. Sometimes Guys, it can my be, nipple journey was insane. Yeah. Sometimes the pumping can be a little bit of a, oh, yeah. an insult. If you put up too the, hard. Yeah. Yes, if it, we don't want the nipples to look bruised or black and blue, but they certainly can go through their, their own. Uh, for a few days course. if it doesn't get better. Right. That's right. But we want women to get an intervention early. There shouldn't be breastfeeding and this is killing me and the word pain should not be in the same story. There's something that can be done for almost everyone. There are very minimal exceptions to this rule where it's going to be painful no matter what. There are some unusual situations. I don't know that we want to talk about them today, but there are some unusual situations in the breast anatomy story where you can't avoid this. But even in your case, a fissure can be resolved and the pain can be removed from the story. Guys, guess how I resolved it? I did not do a stitch. I just kept putting the kid on there. And fixing and just the latch. To, and, and the kid the is pain. what solved me. The yeah. antibodies in my breast milk That's and right. the antibodies in, in his, his mouth, mouth is what made the fissure. And the proper latch. And the proper latch. And taking latch. the nipple shield away. And, and having the baby on correctly is a game changer. So if we can help women by reminding them, you don't have to suffer through this and sit through a 20 or 40 minute oh my God, oh my God, doing your childbirth breathing, that's a problem. You know, I used to say, if you have to do your childbirth breathing, we need to talk. If you're going like this, right, exactly. For 40 minutes while they're breastfeeding, something's wrong. Right, and or if you need Botox from all the wrinkles that you've made in your face from scrunching up your face for 25 minutes. Also know that breastfeeding gets easier and shorter. We were talking about this. I used to breastfeed, I'm just remembering now, I used to breastfeed for like, 20 minutes on each side, exactly. 40 minutes total. I couldn't believe this was going to be my future. What a nightmare. Now it's like six minutes, eight minutes, and he's done. That's right. It's like 
it's gotten, it's a game changer. Absolutely. I tell a lot of moms this, if you can't make it all the way, you'll miss out on the most amazing part, which is the funny part. They're actually comical. They look up and smile at you. Oh, that's all my baby's doing. I know he's that. I'm like, oh shoot, I shouldn't make eye contact. Cause as soon as he sees my eyes, he's laughing and smiling. And I'm like, oh gosh, like now, you know what I mean? And I got to get it back on. But, and sometimes they're very funny. They'll hold onto the nipple and turn their head when they hear the door open to see, is that grandma coming in or hilarious? And the nipples become like rubber banding. Yep. Kind of stretched out. Oh my God. And the mothers actually say, I didn't even feel that. That's kind of crazy. Or actually it hurts, which in which case we have to fix it. But the baby goes through their own developmental phases and milestones as well at the breast. So it becomes kind of comical. And oftentimes mothers will say, I've got to actually go in a quiet room now because all of you I'm talking is talk. distracting. Yes. I can't talk. I used to be able to you. send emails and have conversations. I didn't have to be in a dark room. I was chatting with Tony Goldwyn I just spoke about. But now I, I, I do have to find a place where I just he has to focus and he has to eat for a short time, only right. eight minutes now, six minutes. But but I can't be holding court because he's exactly. like, oh, we're talking, we're having a conversation, <laughs> we're having a good time. Like he's very alert now. Yes, he's just very right. awake. And they're fun. Oh, he's it's hilarious! When and he they does get it. older; they get even sillier and funnier. Sometimes the older babies will go to the breast, suck for two minutes, pull off, do a little thing, go back to the breast. I'm saying to them, "Don't put your bra back on yet, because he's coming right back." And it's actually fun. So if you can get to the fun part past the first eight weeks or ten weeks, it just shoots off like a rocket to amazingness and gets You're better so and right. better At and week better. Eight, I turned such a corner it's a that train, I never it's a thought. Change. I just really thank God for you because I, like I said, I just, I, I, had I not seeked the help I needed, I 100% would not have. I'm very proud of you. I would have quit. It's amazing. I 100%. And, and the baby I, looks amazing. The baby's doing great. Um, what is the most common question you get? I think probably still the biggest question is, can I breastfeed and also take breaks, not be at every feeding, use supplements, pumped milk if I have it, or bottles? And the, and the answer is yes to all of that. And the answer right? is yes, 99.9%. If you start early and you start intervening correctly and you don't rush too quickly to get a bottle in there, but take your time and process, understand and learn about your baby and yourself, there is a way to combine breastfeeding with supplementing, breastfeeding with pumped milk bottles, having someone else help feed your baby for you, giving the mother a break so she can rest. There's a way to do all of this really well. But most of the time, we remind mothers, your story's going to keep changing. You have to be on your toes as all the time. As soon as you think you've got it, That's something right. else gets thrown it's your exactly way. It's exactly what happens. crazy. Absolutely. Like, we were in such a groove, and now he's like to, you know, like looking around and being exactly. the mayor and like, it's just like, you're Everything right now changes. on this thing. Sleep cycles change. Their poopy styles change. Mm-hmm. Their behavior at the breast changes. There's so many changes. Your lifestyle changes. Your family changes. Maybe you start feeling better. I'm ready to step out a little bit. I'm going to go and leave the baby for two or three hours. I'm going to get my hair done. Women call all the time. Can I get coloring? Can I get a perm? Can I yes. get a week? Can I do something? And the answer is yes. There's a way to do everything. You're going to be yourself again although you may not feel it, but it's a new self. So you're an improved, better uh-huh. version of yourself. Uh-huh. A mother uh-huh. and a companion. You uh-huh. now have a permanent friend uh-huh. for life, and they're the best part of your day. Oh, so leaving sure. in the morning to go to work for a working mother is sad and emotional. Is a tearing feeling. Will I? Will you be there and remember when, when I get home? Mm-hmm. And the baby's so happy to see you. Or we have many moms who have to travel for work. They're gone to New York or they're gone to I'm going to, to New York Seattle. my first time next week. I'm horrified. It's scary. Some women get to travel with their babies and their helpers. Some people have to leave the baby behind and wonder, will the baby breastfeed when I get back? I'm telling you and I will tell everybody, it is your attitude. Of course the baby will breastfeed. If you leave saying, listen, I'll be back in four days. We'll be doing nursery again when I get back. The baby will nurse. Oh my God, if you leave, oh my God, he'll never nurse. He won't like me. He'll be Why so- is mothering so mental, man? Why is it a mental state? I'm telling the you. Fear. like, Yes. It's and fearful. it's like, oh shoot, I didn't become a mother to teach a child everything I know. I, I actually became a mother also to to learn so many things about how I can be a better human and, a better and, person. and like just really tackle all of my fears and anxieties. It's really been, and I'm only at this for three and a half months, you guys. And, and look so how far you've come. Oh it's amazing. Gosh. You open up opportunities in your own self that you didn't know you had. Yes. You become a much kinder person when you're uh, parenting a baby, parenting a child. Uh, being a partner in a partnership with someone and respecting and understanding each other and your relationships with one another, Um, respecting the space to let the baby go. For example, when you have a 
a helper, a nanny, a doula, um, your partner, and you say, I'm going to let you take charge of this, is a very hard and emotional journey for a parent to do. And on the flip side, for somebody else to say, I'm going to leave and trust you to feed my baby well. Feed my baby well for me, please, because you're the primary person feeding my baby. There's a lot of anxiety on the other side where often a, a parent will feel like, um, maybe the mother isn't in her right place or doing what she needs to do that's right for her and for her baby. So oftentimes we'll get dads or other moms involved in saying, I don't know if this is really working the way it should be. I'm, not, I'm worried about my wife. I'm worried about my partner. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about her and my baby. So this is a very big, big, big span of possibilities that we can't ignore. We shouldn't ignore. The lactation is only one piece of the story that we refer and go to the physicians and our advisors and our support and counselors to help us understand all of these pieces that a parent is going through. It's an octopus. Last question, Linda Hanna. What is the strangest question you've ever gotten? So strange, strange is a, a weird word. <laughs> I've had so many funny, <laughs> funny things happen. Uh, they're not strange necessarily, but they're actually funny. One of my funniest ones, and my lactation consultant staff and I talk about this a lot, will often get a parent who wants to breastfeed, but they start the conversation with, I want to be able to breastfeed my baby, but I don't want to pump, and I don't actually want uh, to, to breastfeed at night. I only want to breastfeed a couple of times in the day, uh, but I want to make all the milk for the baby, and I don't want the baby getting any supplementing at all. Well, that's going to be really hard Yeah. because as it may look like I'm a magician, I'm not actually a magician. (laughs) So I can't, my staff and I also laugh about this. We can't make things like that happen. We want people to know going in, this is the steps that are needed to take to get to this goal right here. So we have to know the goals first. So when, when people ask me, what's the funniest or the strangest thing that's ever happened, I have to say, honestly, it's trying to make milk appear out of nowhere. Uh, and, and so that's kind of unusual. Hilarious. That's one of the funny ones. Another really odd thing that's happened, uh, and I feel very honored that this has happened to me, I've had four occasions where a parent has called me to ask me to help them breastfeed, that they've adopted a baby and they are pregnant with a baby. Wow. And they want to breastfeed both of them. And I've been very lucky. And that has happened wow. to me four times. And uh, that's a lot to have that happen. Where we were planning on having a baby, we couldn't get pregnant, we tried IVF, we've tried IUI, we finally decided to adopt, we've gotten a baby, we're so happy, and we and many of these, in two of these stories, the baby was getting breast milk from someone else, a milk bank. A donor milk, yes. A donor uh, was giving the, the infant, and the mother concurrently had found out on the adoption process or uh, receiving a baby that she herself was actually pregnant. Once they stopped trying, they became pregnant. This happened to me a couple of times. And those are really odd cases. Now, I've got a four-month-old and a newborn trying to nurse together. Wow. um, Is that possible? Oh, it's pretty crazy. I have pictures of it because it's so amazing when it happens. It is possible. And oddly enough, the older babies, the four-month-old, five-month-old, six-month-old, because I've had a few of them now, uh, are so silly when they breastfeed because they've been bottle fed, but they've had, they're so adorable. And then when the newborn is there and they sometimes can do it together, but oftentimes we'll have the older baby nurse or the newborn first. So the milk comes down easily for the second baby. And then they latch on and it's funny. They don't actually fully breastfeed, but the fact that the mother can then say my adoptive baby is breastfeeding. That is, is mind boggling. Unbelievable. Those are my best and stories. Beautiful. It's so crazy. And special. And, and when I have them, they usually and the f- four times this has happened, I've had ba- interracial babies. Um, so beautiful. they'll be Amazing. like a darker skinned and a light skinned baby, or uh, one was an Asian baby, oh. adopted baby, and a Caucasian baby, or one was an Asian baby with a black newborn. Oh. It's a beautiful story. Oh. So I've had that happen. Those are wonderful parts of my personal life that I get to be part of. I feel so lucky. And my staff, we talk about this a lot. We feel so lucky to be included. I feel like them. I'm when I was first doing this, my professional work, I was 30 years younger. I was a young mother or not even a mother in my own story and then became a mother. Now I'm like the grandma. I've been doing this for a long time. I feel like I'm a grandma to all these babies and I love them. And I feel like my, You're a baby whisperer My staff as well. and I tell people all the time, thank you for letting us be part of your story because inviting us into your private life, sometimes very sad and scary and vulnerable. vulnerable. Oh, yes, and emotional. Talk Ugh. about the waves of emotion that come over 
I've had dads cry. Yeah, I've had grandmothers sit down and say, thank you for giving my daughter or my daughter-in-law something I did not have. Mm. I feel like part of their story. And we as lactation consultants in the community and nurses in the community feel you're inviting us in and then you're letting us stay. And when I get to go back to a third of the family, I've been with the mother for all of her children. And we're on number three, number four. I was at somebody with number six. What? And I took care of number one. Number two, she didn't call me in the middle. She didn't need my help. And number six, I feel like part of their wow, family. Wow, Linda, that's amazing. It's wonderful. We're, we're very lucky to get to have this opportunity. People say all the time, you're so lucky to have this job. And I don't even think of it as being with the babies. I think of it as being, I get to be with the mothers. Mm-hmm. And the mothers bring me back and remind me I'm the mother. I'm mothering. And mothering is a very big job with a very tremendous, tremendous responsibility factor that really is a, is really a very um, a private and emotional thing. I'm very lucky. We love you, Linda Hanna. Thank you. Thank you for being on Katie's Crib. You are such a treasure. Thank you. We are very lucky to have you. Thank you guys so much for listening and joining us on this adventure. Please make sure to subscribe to Katie's Crib. Katie's Crib.